0: Welcome to another TMG interview, everybody. My name is Paul Preston, chatting it up with uh, another filmmaker for the TMG interview. He's an actor who has now directed his second feature film, and it's available all over video-on-demand platforms as of June 4th. The film is Roadhead, and the director is David Del Rio, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Paul. Uh, Of course. Now, let me begin by saying, uh, I saw this movie, and you're a sick son of a bitch. (laughs) thank you thanks so much (laughs) you're a sick bastard del rio yeah Uh, yeah uh now that it's uh now that that's out there let's go ahead and tell everybody what i always like the filmmaker to describe the movie because it may they may bring up elements that i that they want focused on that i may not so go ahead and tell everybody what is roadhead and i know you giggle every time probably somebody asks you (laughs) as i as i did saying it part
1: of, part of part of the uh, fun of you know kind of directing a movie with this type of title was to have conversations like this. but you know you kind of forget about it and and then the the movie comes out and now that the movies come out, just constantly talking about Roadhead is something that i that I never <laughs> expected my uh, to spend a week in New York talking about. Um, uh, I mean, also in the middle of my family reunion. Um, no, so basically, what Roadhead is about is uh, three friends decide to go on a uh, you know your usual uh, road trip, and uh, they come across a medieval executioner whose sole purpose is to chop heads off and uh, collect them and sacrifice and and put them uh, uh, put them on a on a mantle, and you know it's also a story about friends who are friends by default uh that are put in a situation that they have to survive together and that sort of angle was a was what I was most interested in um and was what really hooked me to kind of want to you know dive into a kind of ridiculous bonkers premise and find the human story in it and, and, and try to take it out of, of that sort of, you know, that sort of uh, playbook.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you left out the really crazy, gory, lunatic parts of the movie, but those would be spoilers. So you <laughs> Exactly. For what you're talking about, but then just trust me. It gets pretty crazy, um, oh. but the real sicko here, no doubt, is the writer, right? Like, what's wrong with the writer that they would come up with this crazy story? Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and it's funny too, right? Because I, I had I had, a, I, had uh, I had some drinks with a uh, producer friend of mine, and he's, you know, produced, uh, he produced me in a project, and he's produced like films like La La Land and Hotel Artemis, and he told me what my next project was and I was really embarrassed to, to say it. And I was like, I, I, well, I'm directing my, my second feature. And, and he goes, what's it called? And I said, you know, it's called roadhead. And he goes roadhead, huh? Sounds fun. And he goes, so, uh, so have fun with it. And that little advice kind of changed the, my course of, of judgment on a piece like that, where I said, okay, Let's all have fun with how ridiculous and sick this is. Because the more fun we have on set, I think it's going to sort of come off on the screen of 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 you know just based on how much fun we had, it, and, and then hopefully people will have fun watching it as well. And uh, I think you know from based on the. Uh, you know the the feedback we've been getting, and, and the fans that have kind of been <laughs> reaching me, reaching out to me on DM, and, and kind of asking me weird, weird, weird ass questions. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's been it's it, you can tell that the audience was kind of having fun with that as well, and, and and found that that we weren't really taking it as serious. You know, um, and 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 so I think that you know, I think Chloe had a. a a real great sense of fun writing it as well. And, you know, we used it as a blueprint to just continue to find what the human story was. And so that's where uh, um, that's where uh, we kind of married the, okay, let me get my judgment out of this script. Let me get my own personal taste out of this script and kind of come at it in a way that I feel like an audience <laughs> member would have a great time watching it as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, tension when you need the scenes to be suspenseful but then clearly you're poking fun at these uh, crazy cults that show up in movies like the texas chainsaw massacre and mm-hmm. so how do you find that on the set you 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 say this is your directorial vision i think you achieved it the movies lose fun and weird throughout yeah yeah and you but Thanks. how do you achieve that on set is with the direction of the actors and with making sure that you know the music kind of comes in and does the same achieves those same sort of balance and tones
1: I always, I always find that every stage of filmmaking is a different. Um, it's a different draft of the script. Right, so you got your draft, and then you're on set, and you're kind of feeling the vibe, and you're kind of feeling tension, or you're kind of feeling people (laughs) need to be hydrated, (laughs) and then you also kind of find that the actors are coming in with their own ideas and their own perspectives and point of views, and then you're on the cutting room floor. You know, every sort of stage of the uh, of the process is 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 a new draft, and so when you're on set, I really wanted to give a real festive uh, environment. And what I would always tell my crew was um, let's not forget what it was like for us being 14 year old kids who wanted to make movies. So let's kind of tap into that and, and let's not take this so seriously uh, because it's not, it just isn't right. We, We can take the work seriously, but not ourselves. And, and, and the moment we kind of start doing that, then we kind of forget how fun filmmaking can be and so with the actors I try to kind of say this is weird this is bonkers right this is yeah but this is fun though so so I kind of really wanted to tap that into onto the film set and and we had a great time considering that even when we surpassed our half our body weight or our full body weight of hydration we still needed water and so despite that uh uh, you know we kind of had a a really fun time.
0: Yeah. I got to follow up on that because most indie films, you can tell they're indie films because they're all shot in the white walled LA apartment, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you Mm -hmm. got Mm -hmm. out of there and went to a dry lake or what could look like maybe salt flats, even, even though it was in the dry lake. So, um, what challenges were to shoot that? I mean, clearly it sounds like the weather was just uh, insane. Do you even need permits out there? I go to Vegas and I'm driving to Vegas. I, I look off to the right and I go, you know, we drive a mile th- that way with a camera. Who the hell's going to we just start shooting? No one's going to know. Where's the, who's you, the you, running that? You, what was
1: fascinating was was that it was acres upon hundreds of acres upon hundreds of acres of land of, of, of a white sand uh, desert and um And What was interesting is that where we shot actually was owned, was an owned part of one of the owners of just a a specific acre, you know, uh, limit, you know. And, and And what was fascinating was there's no street or there's no like sort of road lines to guide you of where you need to go so this guy we're following this guy who owns a part of that of the dry lake bed and all of a sudden he's driving forward and then he has to take this right just in the middle of nowhere and and when we would pass a little by him we weren't allowed to kind of just free drive around and just park anywhere and so this guy had to memorize or you know this guy knows where the limits are but we got lost all the time and and when we would pass the line that that we were supposed to shoot onto somebody, all of a sudden we're on someone else's property, mm-hmm. and then he would say, "You need to be careful with that because people come in and do like you know figure eights with their cars and you know all that stuff." And and so you know you, they might think that you're doing the same thing. And there's a lot of people who own guns and 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 will probably shoot at you if you cross a certain part. And I'm like, "Well, well, how do I know which part?" Like you know, like we, they we run a call. whole set of equipment,
0: yeah, and they'll drag you into,
1: right, right, and so, <laughs> and so basically, that was pretty, that was pretty interesting for us too, and, and you know, the thing is, is that what I found interesting was I like, um, fighting elements of storytelling, uh, with co- sort of different things that I've seen before. So, for example, the question that we kept ca- coming up with is, out in the open. There is still a chance for someone to sneak up on you, even though you have a three sixty around you. You know, you you would still get surprised by who might be following you. And I found that very interesting. As opposed to like, you know, you're in one road. Like for example, like you know, Tom Ford's and you know, like Nocturnal Animals, right? The thing that mm-hmm. bothered me about that movie, and by the way, I loved that movie. But one of the things that bothered me was the fact that I'm like. I would I, I would totally get away from those guys who were trying to get me off the road. You know what I mean? I'd go right, I'd go left, I'd do a u-turn. I mean, like I got my kids in the car, you know like, there's, there's, they're, they're, like I would not be intimidated by you know by these people. And what that was what was fascinating to me in terms of being a dry lake bed. We are such in an open space here of course we would see something a mile away. but then the questions we ask ourselves is can we? And I found that pretty interesting.
0: Well, points to Ryan Verbell or Verbal? Verbell. Verbell, your cinematographer. Yeah, the, yeah, wide, yeah. The, yeah. the landscape shots of the desert look fantastic, especially the sky. You know, here's some high praise comparing Roadhead to Lawrence of Arabia, but you know that classic shot with uh, with Omar Sharif and he's about this big and then he gets closer and closer. It's mostly just landscape and he's tiny. That's one of your first shots of uh, the Executioner um, coming coming up to our protagonists.
1: Yeah, you know, something about Ryan's sense of leadership on the set is he has this attitude of he does not have to be above a certain voice level <laughs> to, to kind of command of what he wants on the frame. You know, he's got this sort of throwaway laxed I uh, uh, approach with leading his, leading his team to get the shot that I needed. And, and, and he's got just such a such cool way of, of just being a leader and making sure that everybody's, Uh, respects their roles. And also, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be intense to be authoritative. And I, and I kind of take that uh, uh, from him too, because, you know, as a director, you know, it's, it's sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of a, um, an easy cop out type of job where it's just like, I'm going to tell you my vision, but then he knows physically how to do it, you know, and I'm just the poet and he's the guy who kind of can physically kind of just, oh, I know what you want. Can you bring that? And then he starts saying all these like uh, technical terms and stuff like that. So I've kind of just been trying to brush up on my technical glossary ever since uh, working on Roadhead. And it's kind of been really helping uh, help, helping me out uh, in the long run. But, you know, Rebell really is, is a DP that I'll, I'll work with every one of my films if, if, if I have the chance to, uh, you know, get hired again to direct another one.
0: Mel Brooks I think was in his 80s when the producers hit Broadway, right? Or, maybe, yeah. or at least late 70s. So yeah. you know, never too late to to, you know, or you never have to understand these technical terms because what I heard about that movie was a song like That Face, he just kind of went, here's what we want! And then Mark Shaman would like write down, I think it was Shaman, right? Totally. Would write down the, the notes and all the technical mm-hmm. jargon. He just knew we wanted to go You know, so There you go. That's how artists might work. Sometimes you can do that. It's true.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, if you can continue giving me these, these little, uh, uh, you know, I love, you know, me, I mean, listen, you're my arch nemesis in the down. So, you know, (laughs) uh, love, uh, I love those. Uh, I love those tidbits. I love those, but, but, but it's true though. You know what I mean? But I do think there's also a sense of if you, if you're a director and you say, do you want this or you don't want this? and you kind of say, and you use your words wisely in saying, I don't care. Like either one works, right? It's it's a separation of, of really being married to your vision. And then also um, being a director that says, well, the reason why I kind of get that director credit is not because all the ideas are mine. It's because they're the decisions that I've made from the ideas coming to me, you know, and 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 I think that was that's one of those things where you kind of really need to know yourself and and know that your vision doesn't always have to be coming from you, but it's inspired from other people's ideas. And and I think that 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 happened a lot uh, uh, in Roadhead too. Well, and the uh, the other thing about you know going back to like shooting in an open space is like continuity was a dream because it was almost like you really have to watch the movie to know that if we turned the camera around or kind of put it in a, a, you know, like we didn't, we had no problem finding locations because we're like, Oh, okay. This next scene, they're supposed to be like 10 miles away from where they last were. Great. So let's just, pan the camera to the left and now we got these mountains and this sky and you know that so that that really helped as well so that was really great to work with ryan as well where it's like you know where do we want to shoot that in a place that we haven't and and not feel like we've shot there before was was so fun trying to find and it wasn't
0: that hard until you come across this like car graveyard of sorts and it's got like Beautiful, beautiful hundreds of automobiles or something in it and it, mm-hmm. that's where our creepy cult lives well where's mm-hmm. that what is that because you don't have a bunch of cars sitting around david del rio where, where, yeah. you this?
1: Uh, well so i was in so we shot this in barstow california and uh, we uh you know this this was also a this was also a shoot and, and a script that was inspired by locations And so, and so, you know, John Paul Burkhart and uh, Chloe, the the screenwriter, came, uh, went to uh, just went to Barstow and just looked for a lot of these places and just found this beautiful, beautiful. A uh, uh, junkyard with all this piled up automobiles and i looked at it and i go that this has got to be mm-hmm. where um uh where the climax is this has got to be where the rest of the ending of the movie is and uh, um we found it really interesting to be in such an open space and then to be in such mm-hmm. a closed space Um, such as that junkyard uh, was something that was a a real juxtaposition that I was really excited
0: to share. let's get to the cast. Uh, We have Damien, Joseph Quinn, Elizabeth Grillon. Mm Grillon. Grillon. Oh, the the double L, Grillon. Yeah. And Clayton Ferris as our trio, Uh, Damien and Clayton, the gay couple and Elizabeth, the Mm -hmm. straight woman traveling with them who's just come off a horrible relationship. Right. Um, solid leads i gotta say clayton worked with my uh, late wife on a project that shall not be named so i've seen his work mm. before but yeah. uh, and i will honor him by again not mentioning that, that project we, <laughs> we all have those in our bag of tricks as an actor's like oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you see that person you work with them on you're like yeah we did that uh, you and i we shared a yeah, yeah. thing that we we worked on that thing <laughs> yeah we worked on that thing yeah yeah, shall yeah. not be named yeah um, bringing them they, on board they, they, how was they, that process
1: that was uh you know casting is my favorite part you know, uh, as an actor myself, uh, I tried to establish a room to allow the actors to kind of be free and, and to bring in their ideas. You know what I mean? Not interested in kind of telling them, "All right, here's here's exactly the way that I see it." You no, know, I just kind of give them a real broad feeling of what i how i want these characters uh uh, represented and damien uh you know it was between damien and another guy and i've told damien this already but like so so happy with his performance and and him and i are really good friends but you know uh, there was just another guy that i was fighting for i was just fighting for this other guy and the other producers were just like david damien's the one and i said okay great Uh, i mean like either would be great you know but Damien really really brought it and uh, and I'm so proud of his work. Um, I've known Clayton for a couple of years through John Paul Burkhart, the producer Um, and so it was nice to finally uh, uh, work with him and he just brought so much charm uh, and so many ideas you know you know this script was we felt like we were you know staff writing on a tv series you know like we, it felt like we were at like writing for SNL and we were about to you know give out a, a sketch in the last minute. Um, you know, a lot of rewrites came in and these actors really immersed themselves in saying, this is what I think my character would say. And then we would say, okay, when when your character would say this, Clayton, then what's gonna happen on page something, right? And so we would all really be investigating uh, the script. And so Clayton brought a lot of great ideas actually it was his idea and I think he said it as a joke but I also think he knew what the hell he was doing to kind of just get more screen time but uh, at the end there you know he he you see Clayton a little bit more on screen on the uh, in the in the third act um you know that was totally his idea he's like oh that'd be cool and I go yeah that would be cool and that was like his last day of shooting and I go yeah that would be cool yeah, that really would be cool. Yeah, let's let's bring that in because also is a great uh, uh, marriage of plot points of what was happening with you know Elizabeth's uh, Elizabeth's character as well um, in terms of 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 how to get over a loved one you know um, or, or you know a breakup or whatever um, and then Elizabeth and I uh, knew each other from acting class. And when I was reading the when I was reading uh, the script, I thought of her, and I thought of her only. And so we kind of brought her in, and I said, "Guys, this is the one. Uh, I I want you to see her interpretation." And uh, they loved it. They loved it. And and she really brought great strength to the character that I that I really really appreciated. Um, and
0: uh, yeah, if she's the scream queen of this movie. Uh yeah it's totally, totally different than you've ever seen before because the scream can be like, ah, I'm in trouble. Like from the get-go, her character is like mm-hmm. swearing, like swearing, it's telling this guy to screw off and they, like she has no time for the villain. I mean, she's scared for a second, but a lot mm-hmm. of the times is like cussing out the villain, telling him to go <laughs> telling him where he can go, yeah. and it's pretty funny.
1: And you know, I think I think it I, I feel like it worked only because you know, we had to establish something that was going on in her life that you know, that if a threat would come, she would kind of feel like, well, what else can happen in my life at this point? You know what I mean? Like this, is, I'm, I'm just so over it. And, um, you know, but I also told her, you know, we also talked about that, you know, with Stephanie, her character, you know, this is a real defense mechanism for her. This is how she's survived, you know? And then uh, how sort of, uh, as you said, like the like, sort of, uncaring and laxed toward and, and unfeared towards the the main antagonist of the film you know we started talking about like well what else has she seen in her life you know and we kind of really really dug in with with that character work too and really elizabeth really brought in a lot of backstory that we didn't have to share but she brought in a lot of backstory of what uh, uh, Stephanie has gone through her life which I really really appreciated her work and then obviously all three of their uh, all three of their chemistry was just uh, I'll just point and shoot and have mm-hmm. them speak and have them chill you know and, and they and you know they they established a camaraderie out, outside of set which I appreciated as well and and I, I think they really delivered on this film and I'm very happy and very proud of their work
0: uh, well last question about roadhead obviously would be uh remiss to ask. If I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, did the pandemic affect post a festival run? Any part of the production?
1: Um the festival run. Um we were at CineQuest uh, in oh, San Jose. No yeah, 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 in in, in San Jose, and the day after is when the whole world sort of shut down. So we had a premiere and then that's when we kind of know, but nothing was affected on uh, uh, on film however i did post with brian rodriguez a fantastic editor um i kind of got into the whole zoom thing before the pandemic hit i did the whole post-production through zoom wow and that was in, and that was in 20 that was in 2019 as well and so i was in europe at the time and then i was also kind of like traveling and and i didn't have i, I was living out of a suitcase and and so i did i did all of it uh, through through post and that was that was pretty interesting especially when the when the wi-fi was lagging i was like well that was an extremely long pause i think we should i think we should shorten that pause and he's like oh no it's it's, it's your wi-fi <laughs> it's your wi-fi so um but get a house but, bro you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, to kind of, you know, to kind of see timing, you know, like timing is so important. So to you have to be there in post, uh, wow. in person. So yeah. so that you know to really see timing and to try to get the timing and to really um, tell the you know tell Brian you know the editor see what else you can find. You, know, say, to kind of,
0: you, you let it make you know. a lot of choices. I imagine, right. Just make some choices. We did.
1: We did yeah. constant, constant choices. I mean, we moved, I mean, Paul, like I said, the, the, that was the last draft of the screenplay. We moved scenes that were originally in the beginning to the end. I moved lines. I moved, you know, I mean, you know, the process. So, you know, you, 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 you get to really, really find that, that, you know, uh, that timing but 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 working on it (laughs) remotely was fascinating and uh, would I recommend it? Not really but I'm glad but you know it wasn't it was quite an experience and I was like oh my god I'm never going to do this again this is not how I'm going to be communicating with people and now this is exactly how we're communicating Um, but it was fascinating it really was a, a fascinating experience you
0: get to see one screening with an audience right? that's in a quest that was a full audience so you could see the reaction at least once
1: well full not really but yeah 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 but but it was um it was nice because i i'm i'm, I'm sure you've been through this as well where it's kind of like oh i would never found that funny or oh, I never found that scary. Or you know, oh, I'm glad they got scared at that particular point. And oh wow, the music sounds good in in this you know surround uh, piece. And and that was like the first time I'm like oh well, this music is actually pretty cool. You know that kind of thing. And and so um and and so there were a lot of and then you know the the silences. Uh, we're we're fascinating too. Where it's kind of like, yeah, I listen, that guys, I know you found that disgusting, but that's that's okay, and and just know that I'm there with you. I find it disgusting too. But um um, you know what I was interested in is kind of like you know, and that's my basis in terms of when I direct or even when I, uh, excuse me, when I write. Is has this ever been done before? And cinephiles, just uh, as you and I, you know, um, competitive cinephiles, um, is you know that really is a, a gauge in terms of how you kind of work in filmmaking. Where it's like, what I'm interested in is if this aspect of the scene, how can we do it, show it, say it, feel it in a way that our memory bank you know can tell us that we've never seen before and that was kind of something that I was uh trying to move forward with uh too and you know you can't really ask these questions really on the budget like the one we shot with Roadhead you know it's just like well what it is what it is we're gonna have to do it and you know but it it's always a good compass and a way to kind of move forward when you're when you're telling stories has this ever been done before uh in and if so how can we sort of expand on it
0: well you mentioned uh, uh let's get on to the schmodown for a second if Folks, just yeah. don't know what that is. The movie trivia schmodown is a movie trivia league. Tens of thousands of people watch this thing, and people who are filmmakers, actors, pundits, bloggers, critics, mm-hmm. are all of all types who love movies, see how much they know. And it's become super competitive. And you mentioned that we're competitive, yeah. but not anymore, David. We're on the same team. They have these we're team- all well, yeah, factions. we're on the same team, baby. Yeah, so we got to get you oh, in yeah, here. Off, off making movies, we got to get you in yeah. to play a match or two. Um. <laughs> But uh, I, I thought we played against each other last year and it was a great scenario. My character on that, because it's like the WWE, there's characters, alliances, and my character is super annoying. He's like a bro type who you just <laughs> yeah. want to hang out with. And I just thought our scenario and was And you had hilarious. your shake. Yeah, you're
1: like shake your workout yeah, shake. Yeah, protein shakes, shakes like everywhere that. I go.
0: And, uh, and it was funny because our whole scenario was you were going to play in this... Uh, one match, the winner gets to play in this big tournament that was coming up. That's right. You didn't that's be right. The tournament, because of a filming schedule, you were just going to play me. And if you won, I, your win would just be that I don't get to play because I'm annoying. <laughs> i thought that was hilarious you're like i don't i don't even want to play i just want to knock him out because he's obnoxious right (laughs) right
1: right and and that was that was a good match i remember too because you know we it's always it always feels good i mean no it doesn't feel good like when you lose but it feels good that you get to lose in like in the last question i like giving i also like giving people a good show too you know what i mean and so we gave a good show that uh that that that, that match, you know, we were in the five, the, that five question, the, the five point question. Five point question. Uh, um, yeah. And so, but y- listen, you've been, you've been great, man. I have been watching and, and I've been so impressed with oh. just really the, 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 the small detail questions. And I was like, what? I can't believe he, he knew that part. And, and so that, you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's a competitive, it's, it's gotten really competitive. There's, there's some hungry, hungry, totally. hungry people yeah. uh, uh, ready to win. I was that annoying kid asking, let's play the movie game. And what it was for me was you name two, three actors, and then you just, you just guess the movie. And nobody wanted to play with me because, you know, um, uh, I always won and I knew that, uh, but, but, you know, I just always wanted it to play. And how that cinephilia kind of uh, locked in was, you um, I went to go watch Barry Levinson's Wag the Dog when I was about twelve or thirteen, and why my parents decided to take me to go see a political satire, I, I don't know. I didn't understand anything that was going on. But then, you know, as a kid, you kind of know who Robert De Niro is, um, in a way like that. That the world knows who Robert De Niro is, and so. I look at the poster and then I just don't know who that other guy is, that shorter, that shorter one. And I was just like, Who is that? And then my mom said, That's Captain Hook. And she was talking about Dustin Hoffman. And I was floored just floored i floored and it wasn't even about acting it was just the just that fact and so then after wag the dog after that screening i went to i went home and back when imdb do you remember when imdb was just a a website of lists it was just film Mm -hmm. it was just a filmography it was just filmography that's all it was no none of none of the database or the analytics that people you know that, that the IMDB it is now, but it was just lists. So I just looked at every every film that Dustin Hoffman made and then I played six degrees of Kevin Bacon to so I went to another actor who worked with him and so my second actor that I looked in all his movies was John Voigt and then Paul, I can't tell you who the third or the rest were. I just, Went into a sink wormhole of just looking at lists, and I was hooked. I was just a complete, complete cinephile then. Let's how just did say, you?
0: It, let's just say it was the rest. Right <laughs> after, <laughs> after <laughs> point, it was the rest.
1: The rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you get hooked with like the with you know just knowing knowledge and kind of like studying and all that stuff? Like, how, were you just like a fan and or you know? Yeah. Well, what was that? What was that aha moment?
0: I think uh, I wanted to know who was responsible for this good or bad when I would watch a movie. And so I just became an Mm -hmm. avid credit reader. You know, I still have trouble Mm -hmm. with plot questions sometimes because if I haven't seen a movie, uh, I'm going to struggle with what happened in it. But you know, a lot of times, Mm -hmm. even if a movie comes out and does poorly at the box office, but I didn't see it. I'm like, why did no one see that? Who made this? What's going on? You know, and I would write all that stuff, get it all down and then track what they were doing next. You know, if I saw, that uh you know i was like oh i like this uh uh broadcast news or whatever james L. brooks i want to see whatever he's doing next and then of course you mm-hmm. go to be like oh what well, he made all these tv shows oh he's behind the simpsons it's like your head explodes and so that i'm kind of like you in that respect but it just was mainly out of who do i blame or <laughs> who is my who am i a new fan of and i'm going to follow that yeah one. totally, Achilles totally. Heel is still bad movies in movie trivia show. you asked me a trivia question about a bad movie i might have trouble because I just don't <laughs> yeah. care and i've i've had the lifetime of not caring but i've looked at them now and had to study and figure out what's going on with them for the sake of the, the show
1: i have a i have an ocd uh uh way of picking i mean you know you know with all the um the resources that we have now and how to find movies and watch them and stuff like that. You know, it's hard to make a decision of which movie to watch. And I have this real OCD system of which movie to watch uh, next. And it's just basically sort of like all my, I have all my viewing apps, Netflix, Amazon, whatever, to be like, I, I try to find, resources of where to find, of how to watch particular movies. And I just kind of put it in alphabetical order. And so if I say I started Amazon prom and I watched wag the dog, it was Robert De Niro. Okay. Who's the next in line in that credit is Dustin Hoffman. Great. What's the next app alphabetically that is in, uh, uh, you know, this, you know, and then, <laughs> so then I type, I, I'm telling you it's OCD. And then I type Dustin Hoffman and then those are my choices. Those are the choices that I have to to see which movie to watch, because the thing is, is that there are some gems out there, right, that, that no one has ever seen. And then there are ones where it's like, wait a minute, I have to tell people how bad this movie is. And, and, and no wonder it didn't see the light of day of this or whatever. And then you just never know when a showdown question comes and you're like, whoa, I cannot believe I saw that random movie. And it helped me with that question.
0: Yeah, so The Down Live, the guys who put it together, Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis were a group called The Schmoes No, and they did blogging mm-hmm. and movie reviews and they still do but they started The Down, so it's the schmoedownlive.com you can find everything you need to know about the league go check it out, we're up yeah. there and archive uh, episodes of ours are up on their YouTube page, etc. Uh, yeah. A couple quick more things and I get to the final final question uh, The In the Heights movie is coming out I know you did it on Broadway, you excited? Yeah. I'm think I, the They're, reviews are fantastic.
1: Oh well, I mean, uh, um, first of all, I'm so glad the reviews are 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 fantastic. Um, you know, I, I I am very excited. You know, I think, you know, I think Lin Manuel Miranda uh, is is a storyteller and 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 is an exciting story a storyteller, an exciting poet, an exciting uh, um, force in the entertainment industry. That he's really getting his his time in the light in the film side and uh and i'm glad that they uh took the time and waited this long to to release the movie you know because you know how people you know how things get so popular and they just want to crank them out you know Uh, uh and so you know in the heights you know i had my own little in the heights movie experience where i you know uh this was according to the New York times at the time. So I didn't know if it was official cause I actually never got the call, but I, you know, but I will tell you that I, as a soft fact, not really a really hard fact, but back in 2010, I think, you know, I got cast as the kid that I, that I played in the show when Kenny Ortega was, was directing the movie. And so,
0: and so, but that was like a guy who should have crossed that project at some point. Right.
1: Well, that, that was, (laughs) that, that, that script was exactly the show. And I think this script is what I like about what, what's happening with this particular project is you want, you want to do adaptations of musicals, not as the musical on Broadway or not as a musical on stage. It's its own entity. Right. And so I think, I'm very, very excited to see the individual entity that in the Heights is because art is open for, for um, uh, what, what's that word? Interpretation, right? So it's open for interpretation. So a, a piece of art has to be evolutionized, has to be, uh, not, and I'm not even talking about modern. Right. I'm talking about just it needs to, you know, a a piece of art needs to continue to grow and have new veins, new blood, new body. Uh, And so this is not going to be the Broadway show. Right. This is going to be its own entity as a film. And I'm very, very excited and really, really proud of everyone involved in it.
0: And I also saw your name because I produce a podcast called D Twenty Three Inside Disney. It's the official Disney podcast. I guess it mm. felt to me like it started out as the fan club podcast, but now it seems to encompass the entire company. Mm. And uh, we were talking about the upcoming slate of ABC shows, and on the on my podcast, David Del Rio's name comes across uh, <laughs> as this show Maggie seems to be set for a mid season ABC. Uh, show so tell us what to expect when the, what to be looking for when mid-season rolls around with Maggie um
1: so so I you know I think we, so we start shooting in September so it might be rolling around uh rolling out at the in early spring um but uh it is a show about a fortune teller who uh, or uh, a fortune uh palm reader who meets this guy at a party uh who I play and reads his uh palm and sees his future but sees her uh uh, in his future married family kids you know all that stuff and so it's it's a it's a it's a romantic comedy about how a poem reader can really live in the moment if she knows what the rest can can you really live in the moment if you know what the rest of your life is going to look like in the future so uh i'm really excited about it and uh you know tapping is you know kind of like uh one of those roles that I've never played before, you know, I've, I've played romantic uh, plot lines and stuff, but uh, to be, you know, the romantic lead, it's, 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 it's a different experience for me, <laughs> but I'm having, but I'm having a lot of fun and, and, you know, um, it, it, there's a lot of cute, cute romance, romance in, 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 and uh, I'm really excited for the audience to see where these characters go.
0: That's cool. No, I haven't heard of it. I mean, again, here you are involved with something that fits your credo, right? It's something that's never been done before, as far as I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and, you know, there's, you know, uh, I've been watching a lot of, I've watched a lot of romantic comedies and, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that kind of emulate the, when Harry met Sally model that I can't wait for, I cannot wait for the
0: audience to see. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you chiming in from your family reunion. I, I like the fact that it kind of <laughs> sounds like a press junket, even though I know it's not. But me, <laughs> right, 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 it.
1: right. Paul, I'm so busy. You got me right in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the press, the press junket.
0: I'm, I'm going to so let you busy. go. So I'm going to let you go so you can get to Access Hollywood.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly.
0: <laughs> but before you go, let me ask you what mm-hmm. I ask everyone who, who I talk to in an interview setting: What is your favorite movie of all time? Ah, oh, man. What is it
1: today is how I like to answer. That is not a bad way
0: to figure it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I gotta say, I really do love James Foley's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I just think I love, I love single location, multiple people structures and nothing's better than that. And these and it's, and it's, and you are watching a heavyweight fight between everybody and and everyone is bringing their a game and it, it was it, 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 every i mean yeah the leads yeah you know? <laughs> and, and you know and then and then you kind of see everyone's thing too right it was a it was a showcase of everyone's thing right like no one stutters in the middle of their line better than jack Lemmon. Nobody does. Nobody. What, I, mean, I mean, what a performance! The way, yeah, the way he laughs in the middle of his things and the way he kind of decides to kind of change tactics so he doesn't get told on by by um, <laughs> by you know that guy. So then, so then, yeah. So then, uh, of course, Pacino, Jonathan Price, um, Alec Baldwin, Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, who's like he like brings his whole Alan Arkin thing to, <laughs> yeah, totally. to the But it must have been. It must have been. A dream for James Foley to be working with those actors, and and I think any director would love the chance to be shooting a film in a single home with an ensemble of heavyweights such as those
0: guys. And remarkably cinematic, considering we just remarkably. talked about how you can't take a musical and just bring it to film. I, I mean, I I don't want I hate to throw movies under the bus, but I thought Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was a little a little static considering how i thought one night in miami was just the explosion of cinema and acting and all this stuff so i think that can happen with a play and foley definitely did not you did not feel the claustrophobic feeling unless you were supposed to which you could Mm -hmm. sometimes in that movie the guys in the office just needed to get out of the office but uh and and the other thing the other thing to
1: add and then to add to what you were saying, again, I don't like to be, I don't like to throw movies under the bus either, but we were actually mentioned that too, but like the remake of the producers, right? It was, it really was a shot for shot wanting to do the stage phenomenon. You know what I mean? And saying, well, if it worked on stage, it's going to work on film. That's not, that's not always the case, you know? And so, but I do agree, incredibly, incredibly cinematic. But yeah, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, probably gonna change tomorrow when you ask me but, uh, but today that's that's what I'm feeling
0: Yeah, well, that man—that is a great one. I mean, Lemon, what was his Oscar nomination? Thank God he left the the, world with a win, at least for Save the Tiger. But I thought his performance was a heartbreaker in that movie. So guy, I I went in there and I sold him. I mean, you know, Gil uh, from—that's basically Gil on the uh, Mm -hmm. Simpsons—is Lemon, you know, his character. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, And, and
1: and the way and and the way of you know to see to see a window of a performance of when he comes in and he is victorious to where he ends up at the end of the film. Brutal. There's brutal, brutal. (laughs) And And it was a fantastic 20 minute stream of emotional consciousness that was happening there where tactic number one wasn't working. Neither did two, three, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> and so it it, was, it it must have been. It must have been wonderful for him to play. And he must have had so much fun with that. And um, you know, we don't have actors like uh, Jack Lemmon around. Uh, and he's he's got a great. He's got, with, you know, I think I actually think you know, I think Steve Carell is a bit close. You know, in that way of kind of of kind of putting. Uh, uh the dr- the drama and, and the comedy that kind of th- that that marriage I think he's kind of close to that but I mean no one is Jack Lemmon and and, and the Cinephiles everywhere. Uh, uh I would advise actors everywhere. I would advise to um watch his filmography because it's he's your, an incredible your actor
0: C D hit IMDB. Yes, I where exactly. he went. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and we haven't even talked about how like that dialogue is so difficult and these guys just breeze through it like yeah. like the Brief. like the heavyweight fighters you say they are you know it's just great yeah yeah. and, they, they and James Foley great. what a run back then I mean at close range and after Dark My Sweet and uh, and Glengary, Glenn Glengarry Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Ross alone is like a great triple feature for any director right mm-hmm. uh, well that wraps this uh, TMG interview follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys uh, on Facebook as well and youtube instagram itunes so you get your daily dose of uh, jokes articles thank you david appreciate it uh roadhead. Oh, it was great great talking to you man thank you and so much june 4th you'll get roadhead everywhere vod is i mean i'm assuming it's all the usual places at your itunes your amazon your voodoo what have you right right um and as ever you can find everything we're up to including reviews articles and more interviews like this one and our recent of podcast appearances adam with myself have been all over the place talking about movies lately you can find it at themovieguys.net all right thank you david thanks paul movie guys